guys, and welcome to another episode of Tea Talks with Kudu, where you get to listen to some pretty good book reviews while also learning more about one of the most famous beverages in the world, tea. I'm your host, X Kudu, and today we're going to be continuing our journey into Persian mythologies from Aladdin and the Arabian Nights. So to go with our Persian fairy tales today, we have a really cool black tea. So the tea of the day today is Lapsang Sochong. It's a Chinese black tea with the namesake coming from the area around the village in which it originated. It's said to combine the flavours of tobacco, whiskey and campfire smoke. Now, this type of tea is smoked over pine wood which enriches it with a smoky flavour. And this flavour makes Lapsang Souchong a great accompaniment to meals that have broiled meat. Aside from being a great meal addition, the tea is rich in antioxidants and improves cardiovascular health, digestion and weight loss. And it does all this while nourishing your skin and tasting amazing. So it's definitely an all-rounder where teas um, are concerned. I definitely would like to try it. I think it's really interesting to have tobacco, whiskey and <clears throat> campfire smoke in flavour form. It's something that I would like to try at least once. But enough about our fancy Chinese tea. And now we're going to continue with the story of the fisherman. There was an aged fisherman who was so poor that he could scarcely earn as much as would maintain himself, his wife and three children. He went every day to fish, three times in the morning, and imposed it as a law upon himself not to cast his nets above four times a day. He went one morning by moonlight and, coming to the seaside, undressed himself. Three times did he cast his net and have a heavy haul. Yet, to his indescribable disappointment and despair, the first proved to be an ass, the second a basket full of stones, and the third a mass of modern shells. As the day now began to appear, he said his prayers, for he was a good Muslimon, and commended himself and his needs to his Creator. Having done this, he cast his nets the fourth time and drew them as formerly with great difficulty, but instead of fish found nothing in them but a vessel of yellow copper, having the impression of a seal upon it. This turn of fortune rejoiced him. I will sell it, said he, to the founder, and with the money buy a measure of corn. He examined the vessel on all sides and shook it to try if its contents made any noise, but heard nothing. This circumstance, with the impression of the seal upon the leaden cover, made him think it enclosed something precious. To try this, he took a knife and opened it. He turned the mouth downward, but nothing came out, which surprised him extremely. He placed it before him, but while he viewed it attentively, there came out a very thick smoke, which obliged him to retire two or three paces back. The smoke ascended to the clouds, and, extending itself along the sea and upon the shore, formed a great mist, which we may well imagine filled the fisherman with astonishment. When the smoke was all out of the vessel, it reunited and became a solid body, of which was formed a genie, twice as high as the greatest of giants. At the sight of such a monster, the fisherman would fain have fled, but was so frightened that he could not move. The genie regarded the fisherman with a fierce look, and exclaimed in a terrible voice, Prepare to die, for I will surely kill thee. Ah, replied the fisherman, why would you kill me? Did I not just now set you at liberty, and have you already forgotten my kindness? 
Yes, I remember it, said the genie, but that shall not save thy life. I have only one favour to grant thee. And what is that? asked the fisherman. It is, answered the genie, to give thee thy choice, in what manner thou wouldst have me put thee to death. But wherein have I offended you? demanded the fisherman. Is that your reward for the service I have rendered you? I cannot treat thee otherwise, said the genie, and that thou mayest know the reason, hearken to my story. I am one of those rebellious spirits that oppose the will of heaven. Solomon, the son of David, commanded me to acknowledge his power and to submit to his commands. I refused and told him I would rather expose myself to his resentment than swear fealty as he required. To punish me, he shut me up in this copper vessel, and that I might not break my prison, he himself stamped upon this leaden cover his seal with the great name of God engraven upon it. He then gave the vessel to a genie, with orders to throw me into the sea. During the first hundred years of my imprisonment, I swore that if anyone should deliver me before the expiration of that period, I would make him rich. During the second, I made an oath that I would open all the treasures of the earth to anyone that might set me at liberty. In the third, I promised to make my deliverer a potent monarch, to be always near him in spirit and to grant him every day true requests of whatsoever nature there might be. At last, being angry or rather mad, to find myself a prisoner so long, I swore that if anyone should deliver me, I would kill him without mercy and grant him no other favour but to choose the manner of his death. And therefore, since thou hast delivered me today, I give thee that choice. The fisherman was extremely grieved, not so much for himself as on account of his true children, and bewailed the misery they must be reduced to by his death. He endeavoured to appease the genie, and said, Alas, be pleased to take pity on me in consideration of the service I have done you. I have told thee already, replied the genie, it is for that very reason I must kill thee. Do not lose time, interrupted the genie, all thy reasonings shall not divert me from my purpose. Make haste and tell me what kind of debt thou preferest. Necessity is the mother of invention. The fisherman bethought himself of his stratagem. Since I must die then, said he to the genie, I submit to the will of heaven. But before I choose the manner of my debt, I conjure you by the great name which was engraven upon the seal of the prophet Solomon, the son of David, to answer me truly the question I am going to ask you. The genie, finding himself obliged to a positive answer by this adjuration, trembled and replied to the fisherman, Ask what thou wilt, but make haste. I wish to know, asked the, fish, the fisherman, if you were actually in this vessel. Dare you swear by the name of the great God? Yes, replied the genie, I do swear by that great name that I was. In good faith, answered the fisherman, I cannot believe you. The vessel is not capable of holding one of your feet. And how should it be possible that your whole body could lie in it? It is possible, replied the genie, that thou dost not believe me after the solemn oath I have taken. Truly not I, said the fisherman, nor will I believe you unless you go into the vessel again. Upon which the body of the genie dissolved and changed itself into smoke, extending as before upon the seashore, and at last, being collected, it began to re-enter the vessel, which it continued to do till no part remained out, when immediately the fisherman took the cover of the lead and, having speedily replaced it on the vessel, Genie, cried he, now it is your turn to beg my favour, but I shall throw you into the sea, whence I took you, and then I will build a house upon the shore, where I will reside and give notice to all fishermen who come to throw in their nets, to beware of such a wicked genie as thou art, who haste to make an oath to kill him that shall set thee at liberty. 
The genie omitted nothing that he thought likely to prevail with the fisherman. Open the vessel, said he, give me liberty, and I promise to satisfy thee to thy own content. Thou art a traitor, replied the fisherman. I should deserve to lose my life if I was such a fool as to trust thee. Thou wilt not fail to treat me in the same manner as a certain Grecian king treated the physician Duban. It is a story I have a mind to tell thee, therefore listen to it. And that concludes the story of the fisherman. I have to admit that for being in such a stressful situation, the fisherman did definitely come up with a very cunning plan to get the genie back into the uh, lamp, I'm guessing it is, more than likely this copper vessel. He played on his the genie's pride as being this all-powerful entity. So that was really cool. And it definitely um, made the genie t- um, think of twice about t- taking such vengeful oaths so hastily, I'm guessing. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. And if you feel so obliged, give me a follow on Instagram at ttalksatguru. You can also find this podcast on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, as well as the Acast platform. Thanks for listening and see you next time.